This is the Knock On Sports Show podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Knock On Sports Show podcast. I am your host, Anthony Knockreiner, as we begin a new chapter with the podcast and the show, as obviously no longer in Montana. It's been about a month now since I left, and now in warm, sunny Florida. Obviously, I've had a lot more sunny weeks and warm weather than some of you uh, back in Montana. I've seen the snow you got back in May. So, uh, like I said, been enjoying the summer weather, and uh, you know, like I said, it's been nice to see family, see some old friends. Uh, still, kind of feels weird because I still keep feeling like I have to go back to go to work, but uh, that is not the case, obviously. And, and in terms of jobs at this point, I uh, got some feelers out there, and uh, nothing yet, but can't wait to to see where my next opportunity and where that will be. Uh, still going to be putting that out, and still going to be trying really hard to find my next gig, and I uh, can't wait for it. So uh, I'll let you know as soon as. Uh, that news pops up, but for now, uh, nothing on that front, and uh, just helping out family with some things and, and keeping myself busy with, obviously, the podcast here as well, and I'm really excited about bringing back the podcast, and in particular, bringing the podcast back for Montana AA High School football, uh, simply because it was something I was thinking about when I moved back down here. I had about two weeks where I just kind of took some time off. Didn't really think about uh, what I was going to do in terms of the podcast or any of that kind of thing. And so I thought about it. You know, I'm like, you know, I can still cover Montana AA football. It's the great thing about technology. Uh, I still know quite a few of the names. I still know quite a few of the coaches. Um, I could still do this. Now, again, I, I don't know if I could keep doing this from this far away. But at least for this season, I definitely can because I know the players. I know the coaches. And I think it'd be just a lot of fun to, to keep going with it, uh, especially in an area that I'm very familiar with. And like I said, the technology kind of allows it as well. So I'm really excited that I'm going to continue to do the podcast, and, and I hope you guys are excited as well, and I hopefully you'll enjoy the content. Uh, there's going to be some changes, going to be some things that are going to go on with the podcast. Uh, I'll announce those as those changes come, but for right now, uh, you can still download the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. You can still listen on the Podbean app and podbean.com as well. Uh, there's going to be some added wrinkles. Uh, I'm going to be looking for some advertisers. Uh, you know, right now, like I said, get on early. Um, you know, looking for an advertiser, 25 bucks a month uh, for the podcast. That's where we're going to start for right now. We'll, we'll see if anybody uh, can take a bite. But if you want to, uh, if you're interested, you know, message me, whether it be on Facebook or you can hit me up uh, on the email. Uh, at knockonsports at gmail.com. You can hit me up there. Um, many ways to get a hold of me, but like I said, you know, looking for advertisers, and uh, hopefully we can get something started here. Uh, obviously, would love to get advertisers on from Montana in particular, since we are talking Montana AA high school football. Along with that, I am going to be talking some Florida high school football as well, getting reacclimated back into the area uh, that I was once familiar with. A lot of changes here for me, so uh, like I said, you're going to be getting to know a lot of people, but the main thing I want people to know about, because I am going to be doing both, the episodes will be labeled Montana-specific or Florida-specific, uh, so that way people don't have to try and go search, hey, is this episode going to be about Montana football or not? Uh, no, there will be uh, some clarifications, so that way people know when they want to listen for Montana high school football, or if they want to listen for Florida high school football, that it is going to be uh, that particular episode, and that they will know when uh, that particular subject or whatever that discussion is going to be about. So make sure you keep your eyes out on that. I'm hoping to have the podcast out each and every Friday with a new episode. Once we get into the regular season, which is still a few months away, uh, I'll be having episodes out on Wednesdays, previewing the upcoming week's games, taking a look back at the previous week's games as well. Uh, like I said, we'll have some fun with it. We'll have some coaches interviews uh, as well. 
Uh, so like I said, once we get to the regular season, the podcast will move to Wednesdays. Uh, if I can get some bonus content out on Saturdays, I will. Again, it'll just kind of depend on what the work schedule uh, will be at that particular time. What can you expect through the summer when it comes to the Knock on Sports Show podcast and Montana Bay High School football? Uh, I can tell you this much. Uh, we are going to be looking at my Way Too Early Look series. We're going to be breaking that down. We did that last year. We're going to break that down this year again. Um, with each episode of the podcast, we're going to take a look at one team from the East and one team from the West. Now, there's going to be no real specific order, and I'm not going to match up the best teams uh, and get top-heavy. Like I said, it's going to be completely random. But we are going to break down a team from each conference. Then, like I said, we'll do coaches' interviews. Uh, we'll get their thoughts. We'll preview the season. I'm also going to have two episodes dedicated to the schedule. I have the full schedule for the 2021 high school football season. I'll have that in a breakdown and my rankings for the toughest schedule uh, out as well. But that will be towards the end of June, maybe early July as well. So uh, keep your uh, ears up for that when I announce those episodes of the podcast. So we will have a full breakdown breakdown of the schedule and of course I'll have my player breakdowns as well uh, we'll get into some player breakdowns here on this episode but uh, again a full breakdown looking at some of the top players uh, looking at some guys uh, that are making a name for themselves in the offseason because one of the keys when we talk about the offseason is the fact that we've got camps now this isn't like last year we're going to have camps. We're going to have uh, people running things. We're going to have times. We're going to have all these sorts of things. That as, as high school players, they're trying to make a name for themselves, trying to get college offers, trying to set themselves up with the best opportunity. And so I'm very curious to see if we'll see any times or any of those types of things posted. Um, I'm going to see if I can reach out to um, connections and people within programs that are running these camps and, and see if I can get some information uh, about some of our best players and some of the players that are out there. Because like I said, when it comes to the offseason, that's really where the work is done in terms of getting an offer. Now, obviously, if you have a spectacular season, that's going to garner attention. But in the summer, in the month of June, at these camps is where uh, guys can really make a name for themselves if they have a stellar performance or if they really show out at a particular camp. So it'll be really interesting to see um, either guys that have already made a name for themselves, how much they can improve on, and guys that we haven't heard of yet, can they you know, put their name and splash onto the scene with a strong performance through the summer with these team camps. So it's going to be something that's going to be interesting. I, I don't know. I know a couple of years ago, Dane Fletcher and his group, they did a combine. Um, I don't know if they're going to do one this year. I'm hoping that they will. Uh, I know, I believe it was Jay Sch uh, Schillinger did one uh, last year in uh, Billings. Um, I'm hoping that if they do do combines this year. They'll do at least one in the East and one in the West or do one that's in the middle. So that way Western players can get on the action as well. Uh, we'll see. I haven't seen any announcements on that. So if anybody wants to hit me up, if they got that information, let me know. Definitely want to plug it on the podcast. But uh, like I said, I'm hoping that we get to see some of those guys and see some of those numbers because it'd be really cool. I love looking at that, those numbers from a high school perspective and just seeing the improvement that we see from guys. Because you can really tell who's been putting in the work uh, in the offseason. I know these guys are three-sport athletes, so obviously that keeps them very busy. But uh, this is the moment. This is the time where we're really going to see guys, uh, how hard they're working and whether or not it's going to pay off when we get to uh, October and in November when we get to those playoff runs. So again, thanks for joining us here on the Knock On Sports Show podcast. Uh, jumping into what we are going to talk about today on the podcast, we are going to look at returning players in Class AA and a breakdown of teams and how many state returners they have coming back. Uh, so we'll break down each team before we break down each player. 
So uh, the teams, uh, like I said, we're, we're specifically talking about the All-State team from 2020. So this does not include seniors. These are guys that are coming back and going to be playing in the fall of 2021 and potentially the fall of 2022 as well. There are some sophomores that made the All-State team last year, so they are also going to be mentioned on this list. Now, again, breaking down conferences, there's a ton of names in that. I think the one that to really uh, pinpoint and keep an eye on is the All-State team. Not not taking light of the conference list, but when you're talking about breaking down th- this type of information, there's just so many names and so many guys are repeat. Like they, they're not only uh, all conference at one position, but multiple positions. We've got guys that are multiple All-State uh, guys at, at multiple positions. So. Like I said, it would just be a lot of work to try and break down each conference. I just looked at it from an all-state perspective, and I think that's really what matters. Because when you're trying to look at, and you know, we're thinking about, okay, 2021. We know the Sentinel Spartans, they won a state championship last year. They've, they lost a lot of talented football players, but they have a lot of talented football players coming back. We know this. Billings West, a team that took second and is only a couple years removed from winning a state championship. They've got a ton of guys coming back as well that are really talented. Does that make them the front runner? It's very interesting because you're trying to piece together, and I know it's only May, but it's interesting because it's like, okay, who are we looking at as the contenders this early on going into the upcoming fall season? And I think when you look at the number of guys returning to a team from the All-State list, that can tell you, all right, this team's definitely going to be a team that you can automatically say is a contender. So breaking it down by teams. All right, so three teams, unfortunately, had no All-State players from a season ago. That would be Flathead, that would be Belgrade, and that would be CMR. Those three teams did not have any players on the All-State team in 2020. Uh, When you look at teams that had one player, you're looking at Big Sky. They had Colby Jensen. They had Gallatin. Gallatin had uh, Ryan Schlepp as a tight end, and Bozeman had Avery Allen. So those three teams had one player uh, that made the All-State team. You look at Hellgate, Skyview, and Butte. They each had two players uh, make the All-State team. You look at Glacier. They had three players make the All-State team. Uh, Great Falls as well, four players, Capital four players. And this is where we start getting into the heaviness of this All-State list because, as I mentioned, Great Falls, Capital, four players each. Now Senior and Helena, they've got five players each. Sentinel's got seven, and a team with the most All-State returners is West with 11 players. Now, again, this is first team, second team, and honorable mention on the 2020 All-State list, and these are players that are coming back and playing for the 2021 high school football season. So West with 11, Sentinel with 7, Helena with 5, Senior with 5, Capital with 4, Great Falls with 4, and then uh, we've got all the way from you know, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Uh, but like I said, the fact that West has 11 players, they're the only team with double digits. All right, The next closest team is Sentinel with 7 players. That's obviously big. Helena's got five. Senior's got five. Capital's got four. Great Falls has got four. Uh, So, like I said, when you're looking at that all-state list, I kind of look at it. Does that mean, even though Sentinel is the defending state champions, does that mean that West is the favorite? If you're looking at May, and if you're putting either power rankings together, uh, however you want to rank them, however you want to list it, does this mean that West is the favorite? to win another state championship. I don't subscribe to the idea that just because the team that won the state championship the year before automatically is the favorite going into 2021. 
there's a lot of factors that go into a new season. Obviously, talent is lost from the year before. How many guys does a team have to replace? All of those kinds of things go into it. So that's why I just don't subscribe to automatically the state champion from the year before being the number one team. Now, are they still in the mix? Absolutely. I'm not specifically talking about Sentinel. I'm just saying when it comes to year to year for me, I just don't take the state champion from the year before and automatically put them as the favorite going in. Now, I will say this. Just because maybe I don't take the state champion from the year before and make them my favorite, it doesn't mean that I don't think they are a team that's definitely a contender. Uh, Again, somebody has to knock off the champion uh, to be the next king of the hill. So, like I said, I, I just think when we're talking about these previews, when we're talking about getting ready for an upcoming season, I try to take a look at the full picture and to see, okay, what does a team have coming back? How much does a team have to replace to really give us an idea, okay, who can be a contender, who can be a favorite into looking at who's likely going to hoist the state championship trophy. So, Again, I think when you look at the all-state returners, that makes the case uh, of who could possibly be a contender and who can be a team that's looking at, all right, you know what, this is a team that we really need to look at as a, a team that factors into the state championship game equation. So taking a specific look at what we have been discussing so far, which is the number of guys coming back uh, for teams, now I think the favorite is Billings West. You're talking about 11 dudes that are coming back for 2021, all right? You're talking about Isaiah Clunch, one of the best passers from a season ago. You're talking about Taco Dollar, one of those dangerous weapons in Class AA football. This dude hurts so many teams from so many angles, not only from catching the football, when whether it's just a wide receiver screen or burning you down the field. Uh, how about from the defensive back position, taking and locking down your top guy or making it very difficult or creating a turnover? How about from the special teams route, uh, where he can take it to the house on you and flip the script on a team simply from the special team spot? So you got Taco Dollar. You got his brother, Caden, as well. Those guys, they're a one-two punch. Uh, Again, I think, obviously, Taco uh, put up a lot of numbers. I think Caden is definitely, you can put him in the same boat. I think he's a guy that's a difference maker. He's a playmaker. Uh, He is going to make life difficult for opposing teams. Uh, You look at Riley Burgesson as well, Uh, another guy. Uh, All-state safety, does some great things in the defensive backfield, but also a weapon from the wide receiver position. You look at Michael DeLeon and what he brings to the table from the running back position. The size that Billings West brings up front uh, with Warnick as well as uh, Anderson. Um, Hopefully, and uh, I haven't heard anything, but hopefully Zach Malcolm uh, is healing up and uh, hopefully he gets the opportunity uh, to play this upcoming fall. Uh, I've always been thinking about uh, Zach and I know his family as well. I hope they are doing well and uh, recovering. But uh, you look at from a special teams perspective as well, they got a kicker in uh, Spencer Berger. So, again, this team has a ton of dudes that are coming back for 2021, and that's why I say I think this is a team that is looked at as a favorite. All right? They are the favorite in my book. It's only May 28, 2021, but right now I would say just because of what Billings West has coming back, the fact that they were in the state championship game a year ago and had the closest game with Sentinel all year long. We know how talented that Sentinel Spartan team was last year. That defense really made life difficult. But again, a ton of credit to senior quarterback Dayton Bay. 
as he made the throws, he made the plays he needed to make to help his team win a state championship. Uh, and so, like I said, I, I think for me, uh, Billings West, with all of those combined factors, and I know Billings West, they lost a lot of good players from a season ago as well, but the fact that they have these guys coming back along with that, that's why I think they are the favorite. When you look at Sentinel, Again, the Sentinel is no slouch in this department. None whatsoever. They've got talented dudes coming back. You're looking at Charlie Kurgan, a guy that does so many things well. Punter, fullback, uh, defensive lineman. I've seen him line up a tight end as well. You're talking about Zach Cruz, tight end, defensive end, does so many things well there. Ramsey Knowles, Chase Williams, Connor McCarthy, Drew Klump. Those guys are dudes. And on, on top of that, we're, we're talking, we're, we're not even mentioning guys that uh, could also be on this list potentially, but there were so many talented seniors from a year ago that we don't know, but we know that Sentinel has a talented group uh, behind them. So like I said, I think you can definitely put Sentinel in the mix. I think uh, Helena High is a team that is in the mix as well because you look at it, one of the things you always have to have, I think, is a successful football team is size, but you also have to have the quarterback position. I think we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later on in this podcast, but I think for me, Helena, with Caden Hewitt back, you got Forrest Serrero, who I think is a great edge rusher. I think he's one of the top dudes when, it t- when we were talking about coming off the edge and getting pressure on the quarterback. Uh, I think when you have those guys along with Marcus Evans, I think he is a very, very talented linebacker. I think he's one of the best defenders in Class AA football. Uh, I think I, I expect that we're probably going to see more carries for him this year at running back, so we'll see what, how he impacts the game that way. Obviously a very hard-nosed runner, no question about that. I think Chase McGurn is one of the more underrated players in AA. I don't think we talk about him enough yet because I, I looked at his numbers and what he brings to the table. He is going to be a special dude this year for Helena High as well. Uh, you look at senior Jacob Miller, a thousand yard rusher coming back. You look at Peyton Morton, a guy that was first team both at linebacker and offensive line. You look at Caleb Romero, another edge rusher who I really, really like. Alex Allred. You got Malik Simpson, Bubba Bergen as well. I mean, again, seniors got dudes as well. Capitals, they've got some great talent on the offensive line. Great falls I put in there as well because they've got Reed Harris, a quarterback, a guy that started at sophomore. We'll get into his numbers here in a second. But again, they've got dudes. Ryan Cray, a running back and linebacker. They got an offensive lineman in Zach Newton. Uh, they've just they've got a ton of dudes, and then uh, I, I think those are teams with multiple guys there that can factor into the equation. Now again, am I saying other teams are not uh, a factor in this because they don't have three or four or five players coming back from the All-State team? Again, no. But again, when you're looking at the guys that are coming back for rosters, and you're looking at right who has the most. Uh, weapons, who has the most guys, the most dudes that are coming back, and you're looking at the favorite, these are the teams that you lead off with. Again, West, Sentinel, Helena, Senior, those are guys that I would lead off with just simply because of who uh, they have coming back and and what key positions that they have coming back uh, as well. So again, it it makes it really, really interesting. Uh, Again, the favorite for me, I think, is West over a slight hair over Sentinel, uh, just simply because of how many guys they have coming back and who they have coming back in particular. Uh, so, and like I said, this is not a, a slight at all against Sentinel. Don't take it that way. That's not what I mean at all. But again, when you look at Sentinel, we, the, the main reason I would also say that is because West has Isaiah Clonch coming back, a dude that was absolutely phenomenal last year. Uh, and you're talking about Sentinel who had two phenomenal quarterbacks in Dayton Bay and Camden Sermon. Both those guys are gone. So now Sentinel has to try and find their next quarterback. Now they may have that guy. They may have him, 
but we haven't seen him take snaps yet. And so for me, like I said, I've seen Isaiah Clanch. I don't know who's going to step up at quarterback uh, for Sentinel, but when you do have the guy coming back uh, the following year, I think it just slightly slightly puts you ahead of other teams. So again, I think there's a I think that any team can win it. Um, but again, when you're talking about the number of players that are coming back, I give West the edge. I think Sentinel's a very close second right there. And then, like I said, we'll we'll see how things shake out for the other teams as well. Now, one thing that when we look at it, that's very interesting here on the Knock On Sports Show podcast and something that I was talking about last year on my show, which was, okay, how many teams are going to have quarterbacks coming back? Who has the quarterbacks that are going to be coming back that can make plays, uh, you know, that can really be difference makers uh, for high school football teams? There's a couple of guys that stand out right away. And these are the three guys I'm going to talk about. We'll dive deeper into my quarterback uh, discussion when we do the position breakdown for quarterbacks. Um, but I think there are three dudes for sure that you got to start with here in class AA football. And for one, uh, and again, I'm not ranking these guys. These are just three guys that I think are absolute dudes and are, are, are just difference makers that can just affect the game in so many ways from both running and throwing the football and the accuracy, the touch they have. I think all of those factors just make them very, very dangerous quarterbacks. So the three guys I'm talking about in particular, and I think you might know two of them. Isaiah Clanch, for one, uh, I look at Caden Hewitt as another, and then Reed Harris we'll get to here in a little bit uh, as well. But as we've seen, you know, you kind of see that trickle down, especially, and I would apply this in basketball. You look at basketball. And you look at what the Golden State Warriors did with the three-point play and how much the three-point shot means now in the NBA and how much it means in college basketball and how much it even means at the high school level as well. I think back to last year, you look at the top teams that made the state tournament, how well they shot from behind the arc. There was a reason for their success. And so I think when you look at how much we're seeing the NFL dominated by quarterback play, how much the college level is dominated by quarterback play, I think we're starting to see that as well at the high school level. Because I think when you've got that guy, it just instantly takes your team from where you're not sure maybe you're a middle-of-the-pack team with your roster. All of a sudden, with that great quarterback, now you're a contender. Like I said, there's a lot of teams that have to find replacements for guys that graduated a year ago. We don't know who those replacements are, but all of a sudden, if you've got that guy, even if it's for one year and he's great, all of a sudden you become a contender. You enter the contending uh, conversation. But for the guys that I start with here, I look at Isaiah Clanch. They have him listed at six foot two, 195 pounds, threw for 2,124 yards, 127 uh, completions out of 199 attempts. That's good enough for 63% completion percentage, 25 touchdowns, and nine interceptions. Also ran 20 times for 41 yards, two touchdowns, had five games over 200 yards. His highest passing game was 460 yards. Also had six games over 60% completion. Looking at Caden Hewitt's numbers, uh, they're not quite as high, but because Caden Hewitt missed a couple of games last year, uh, Caden Hewitt threw for 1,500 yards. Completed 108 passes out of 185 attempts for 58%. Had 21 touchdowns, 5 interceptions, 47 carries, 168 yards, 1 touchdown. He had 5 games over 200 yards. Uh, his highest passing game is 318 yards, but also had 5 games over 60% completion. 
Their third guy I want to talk about, and this is a young guy. This is a guy that's going to graduate in 2022. So I think you know we'll, we'll see what happens, obviously, with the names that we see uh, this upcoming year. But this guy is going to factor into being one of the top dudes in 2022, and that's Reed Harris. He's listed at six foot five. He's got 200 pounds. Uh, he threw for 1,300 yards last year, rushed for over 500 yards last year, had a completion percentage of 62%, had eight touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Um, his highest passing total was 260 yards against a very tough Billings West defense and had five games over 60% completion. Again, Reed Harris has a ton of tools. He's mobile. He can throw the deep ball. Uh, he's got accuracy considering the fact over you know 60% completion percentage uh, from a season ago. Again, if you're going to pick at one thing, it's probably the 10 interceptions, obviously. But again, it's, he's a young quarterback. I think he progressed really, really well. Uh, it was a very dangerous option as the year progressed for Great Falls. Uh, but again, I, if you're going to pick at one thing, it's probably that. And I expect with Coach Mark Sampson that I think we'll see those numbers drop. But again, he is a guy that's going to be really fun to watch. And I think a guy that you can put in the conversation with both Hewitt and Clonch. Now, again, I would look at Hewitt and Clonch being the front runners probably in terms of the passing title in Class AA football. Uh, I think it'll be really interesting to see the battle between those two guys and, and who throws for the most yards because I think it's going to be a really exciting season. And it's obviously the senior season for these guys. I mean, Clonch has started since he was a junior, almost won a state championship, obviously wants to put a state championship ring on that finger before his career is done. Caden Hewitt wants to do the same thing. Uh, he's made the playoffs a couple of times, but he's started ever since he's been a sophomore, and he's been an exciting player. He's got the frame. I mean, this dude can take shots and still deliver the football down the field and put it on his receiver. Uh, you know, numerous times I was watching his film, uh, guys were you know hitting him as he's releasing the ball, and he still got power behind it and was still able to get the football there. So, again, he's just a, a big, tough dude, a big, tough quarterback, uh, and he's going to be a, a guy that I'm really, really excited to see what he does uh, this upcoming season and what he does well, with the final year at uh, Helena High. So those are three quarterbacks that I really am excited, and I can't wait to see what they, dis what they do uh, this upcoming season. But those are three types of quarterbacks that I think are guys that, okay, they, they take your team from being really good to being in the contender conversation. Now, again, obviously it's not just the end-all, be-all at the quarterback position. It does take a team effort. you got to have great defense. you got to have good special teams at the very least. Uh, and you got to have options for these guys to throw to as well, and the offensive line has to do uh, their job as well. But these are three guys that I'm really curious and really excited uh, to potentially watch uh, down the road. Looking at the running back position from the All-State list, uh, you're looking at two guys in particular. Uh, you know, Jacob Miller uh, rushed for over a thousand yards. Jake Rendina rushed for over 1,300 yards. Also had 28 touchdowns. Had multiple games with two or more touchdowns in a game. I know he had, I think, one where he had six touchdowns. Uh, let's see. And yeah, so I mean, like I said, this he had three straight games where he had four touchdowns or more. So Jake Rendina, again, for me, is the leading favorite in terms of the rushing title in Class AA. Again, he is a guy that's coming back for his senior season. I expect this guy to run for another 1,000 yards to make it three straight seasons. He started since he was a sophomore. He was the uh, only guy coming back uh, last season that rushed for over 1,000 yards, and uh, he's coming back once again. Now, obviously, he's got some company this year because Jacob Miller, 
is also joining him in that list as a thousand yard rusher and uh, very, very impressive. Uh, 6.3 yards per carry, had five touchdowns last year, had six games over 100 yards uh, as well. Another guy to add uh, to the mix is Mike DeLeon. He was also on the All State list. Uh, he had 89 carries, 559 yards, and 12 touchdowns to go along with it. Had five games over 50 yards, one game over 100 yards. I know they had uh, multiple backs uh, last year, and so and I would expect uh, that we will probably see that again, but I think Michael DeLeon will see some more touches uh, this upcoming season. But, again, he's a guy that I talked to Coach Rob Stanton last year. He really likes him, and so I really can't wait to see what DeLeon does uh, this season, uh, potentially as the feature back. We'll, we'll have to see uh, who else is joining him there. I know Max Murphy was a name that joined the All-State list as well. Uh, so they could be those two guys. Uh, but look for big things from those three guys. I think Jake Rendina, again, though, is my favorite to win the Russian crown. Again, he's just a tough dude. And I've seen what that guy did during the offseason, uh, the power lifting, all those things. I know he's working out with my good buddy Donnie Tudal over at Beast Athletes. I mean, the dude has thighs that I, I don't know if they're as big as Earl Campbell's yet. But I'll tell you what, they're close, maybe halfway, if not three-quarters of the way there because – uh, whether you you can't tackle him high, and it's going to be even tougher to tackle this guy low because he's going to have the quads the size of oak trees. So Jay Grandina is going to be an even tougher guy uh, to bring down. It's at this point it almost feels like if you're going to stop Jay Grandina, you're going to have to stop him before he even hits the line of scrimmage because if this guy gets ahead of steam on him, he's going to be very very tough to bring down. And he's a guy. It's almost in a way. Like Derrick Henry, you have to stop him before he hits the line of scrimmage because if he gets beyond it, it's some serious, serious trouble uh, for everyone on the back end. Wide receivers, let's break down that position as well here. Uh, taking a look at them, I think this wide receiver class is very, 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 very good. Um, again, there's some guys that they, their numbers aren't as high, but again, I think they're definitely very, very talented wide receivers. I, I think of guys like uh, Caden Dowler as well. I know Taco, he gets a ton of credit. He, he's the only receiver over 1,000 yards last season. And that's pretty impressive considering the fact, again, you're only talking about a, a seven-game regular season. Obviously, multiple playoff games just to get to that point. Uh, but again, it's for me, I look at two guys that could potentially share the top spot in terms of the receiving crown. I think it's Taco Dowler or I think it's Ian Finch from Hellgate. Ian Finch and Leo Filardi from Hellgate, two wide receivers there, made the All-State team. Hellgate, I think, is going to have the most dangerous one-two punch when it comes to wide receivers just because of how good those two guys are and how productive those two guys are. Again, not saying that the guys over Billings West are slouches, not saying that at all, but again, the numbers that those two guys put up at Hellgate makes them very, very dangerous as a one-two punch. But in terms of the year, the receiving crown, I look at Taco Dollar and Ian Finch, guys that have started early on in their careers. Uh, last year, Taco had 51 catches, 1,048 yards, 13 touchdowns. Uh, you look at Ian Finch, 52 catches, 840 yards, 7 touchdowns uh, from a season ago. And you look at the numbers that these two guys have put up over the last couple of seasons. Ian Finch. Two-year stat comparison here. Ian Finch, 95 catches, 1,700 yards, 14 touchdowns. You look at Taco Dowler, 91 catches, 1,807 yards, 18 touchdowns to go along with it. 
these two have been productive for some time, and it would be really, really fun. It, it kind of feels like it will be a race between the two of them in terms of receiving yards, maybe even touchdowns as well. But I could see either one of those guys taking the top spot in terms of the wide receiver position. So, like I said, those are looking at some of the guys. Uh, we'll take a look at more positions on the next episode of the podcast here. But that's kind of breaking it down from a quarterback's, running back's, and wide receiver's perspective. I, I know some other guys from the wide receiver position also made the All-State team. But, again, you're, you're talking about in terms of the numbers and just the, the sure volume of what uh, these receivers are doing. It's just impressive to what Ian Finch and what Taco Dollar are uh, doing. So again, as we uh, kind of talked about throughout the episode here, uh, one of the biggest things that when you talk about, you know, when you're looking at the All-State team from 2020 and then kind of preparing for the 2021 season, how many teams have multiple guys coming back? Quite a few. Uh, the team with the most is Billings West with 11, Sentinel with 7, Helena with 5, Senior with 5, and you got Great Falls and Capital with 4 as well. I think having multiple guys back gives you the leg up, obviously, because that means you've got really good football players. Uh, but again, I think in terms of favorite, it can kind of tell you who could be the favorite going in to the upcoming season. And I look at Billings West in that regard, simply because, again, they have a quarterback that's really good. They've got uh, receivers and defensive backs that play the position really, really well and leading a lot of categories. And again, they, they've got a big offensive line uh, once again as well. And when you have a big offensive line, we've seen how much that helps in class AA football. So that's going to wrap it up for us here on the first episode of the Knock On Sports Show podcast. Next week, we'll take a look more at the defensive players uh, from the All-State team, and we'll have my first way-too-early-look series. We'll take a look at two teams, one from the East, one from the West, next week. And so, like I said, it'll be a lot of fun to break down. I won't tell you who the two teams are. You'll just have to stay on the edge of your seat, and uh, we will let you know next week here on the Knock On Sports Show podcast. If you want to follow the show, remember, you can follow it just the same way as you always have. That's Twitter and Facebook, at the Knock On Sports Show. Or you can follow the podcast on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or just download the Podbean app, and you can download the show right there as well. We're going to keep the Knock On Sports Show podcast going. We're going to keep talking about Montana AA high school football as well. So much content coming your way. I can't wait to break it all down for you. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you got any comments, you want to message me, just hit me up at the Knock On Sports at gmail.com, or you can just message me on Facebook, message me on Twitter as well. Just hit me up if you got questions. Definitely, if we can actually, if we can do it, uh, hit me up with questions. Definitely want to answer uh, fan questions as well. Uh, so just uh, hit me up. Let me know what questions you have. We'll definitely try to answer them every single week on the Knock On Sports Show podcast. I'm Anthony Knock Reiner, and I am knocking out. <laughs>